0: Business resilience is a competitive advantage. According to a recent Forrester report, companies with more mature resilience capabilities are growing two and a half times faster than the competition. But as business resilience becomes more vital to success, it also has to be a shared responsibility across all C-suite executives. I'm your guest host, Allison Brooker, and this is IT Availability Now, the show that tells stories of business resilience from the people who keep the digital world available. On today's show, we talked to Kaushik Ray, Senior Vice President and General Manager Recovery Services at SunGuard AS, about the future of business resilience, what this means for C-level executives, and how they can adjust responsibilities to meet new requirements. Kaushik, welcome to the show. Thank you. So before we get into the future of business resilience, let's talk a bit about how organizations have traditionally approached it. So historically, who's been responsible for business resilience?
1: Yeah, so I think traditionally, resilience has always been thought of as an IT thing, um, especially for organizations that have relied heavily on IT to run their business. And so the executive in charge uh, has always been the CIO, the chief information officer. It's typically been a, a disaster recovery coordinator working, you know, in some portion of the CIO's office. Sometimes it's part of the security office. Uh, the CISO's office within the CIO organization, but that's kind of where um, traditionally we have seen it to uh, lie.
0: What uh, what limitations do you see with this arrangement?
1: Well, I think it's it's in the in the topic itself, right? The topic is not IT resilience; it's it's business resilience, um, and and so uh, it can't just be IT's problem to solve, IT's challenge to solve. Um, And so in whichever organization uh, that we have been to where we have not seen a tight collaboration uh, between the business side and the IT side, uh, the results are not optimal.
0: Why has business resilience become more top of mind lately for companies?
1: Well, I think, uh, you know, uh, there are depending upon where a company's operations is located, you know, whether it be the business offices or data centers, Um, some companies might not have gone through any major crisis, you know. Uh, Obviously, those companies that work out of, you know, tornado zones or hurricane zones, you know, they they have seen and faced crisis. Um, But if, if you're not, you know, let's say, you know, so I'm based in Northern Virginia. If you're in the D.C. metro area, typically we have not seen a lot of natural calamities happen here. Uh, maybe uh, an odd winter storm, you know, once every 10 years or so, but uh, not that often. Uh, people have not faced it. But two things have completely changed that, where everybody is impacted. One is the pandemic it came out of nowhere in us, you know, globally impacting businesses, you know, for the last couple of years. And the other one is rising cyber attacks, you know, which knows no geographical boundaries. You can't be anywhere and still, you know... Um, undergo a cyber attack, a ransomware attack. So these two things um, have brought business resiliency to the Mm -hmm. forefront for everybody, whereas previously it might have been in pockets.
0: What conclusions do you think companies have made as a result of this?
1: Well, I think, you know, companies have realized that, you know, um, especially, say, with the pandemic, um, you know, let's take one one at a time, Um, Where either IT systems might be up, but then if you don't have the operational continuity plan in place or business continuity plan in place that goes hand in hand with the IT resiliency and availability, uh, you would be impacted, right? Similarly, if you think about ransomware attacks where, you know, everything is fine from where you're working, what you're doing, but all of a sudden, all your data is locked up, all your workstations is locked up. so. I think what these two things have, uh, you know, brought about is how, you know, these two parts of the organizations have to really work together, and how resiliency has to be factored in, um, uh, in whatever you do, however you set up your processes. It cannot be an afterthought. It cannot be reactionary. You know, it cannot be figured out on the fly, um, and, and that's definitely two very very strong lesson that these two things have taught us that you know if you if you didn't have it uh, if you didn't think about it and have a plan for it um, then then you will undergo a pretty big disruption in in running your business
0: that makes definitely a lot of sense can we shift gears a bit and i'm really curious about how um resilience is a competitive advantage for businesses can you talk a bit about that
1: yeah, it's a it's a very interesting uh, twist. I would say that that also uh, these two these last two years have shown some some companies. Uh, uh, there's a customer of ours uh, who is in a particular industry uh, that isn't that tech savvy in general, um, whereas this customer uh, has been tech savvy within that industry vertical. Um, and uh, what they were able to do because they had uh, planned real well working with us on, on how to be resilient, not just from a technology as in data center point of view, but also in terms of technology leveraged by their field uh, engineers and their field representatives, that when this thing happened, when, when the pandemic happened and, and a lot of their partners uh, were suffering through it, they actually turned it into a line of business. They started uh, they started selling consultancy as well as, you know, uh, some of their systems um, to their to their partners and providers uh, upstream and downstream. Uh, so it became a revenue stream for them, you know, uh, because and it was some might think of it as ambulance chasing, but it's not. It's actually helping them out because if their upstream and downstream partners uh, uh, did not come back into operation, even this customer of ours would be jeopardized in the way they ran their business so it was a win-win for all I mean they had it in there and so they could turn it around into a revenue stream. The other example is um, let's take a very simple example. everybody uses a virtual call center nowadays um, you know and, and that's that's sort of a technology that is used so that your your call center representatives doesn't have to be all housed in one single building. You know, they could be dispersed working from home and, you know, you get much wider access um, to uh, workforce uh, than if you wanted to have everybody in one single building in one single facility. And this has been around even before the pandemic, um, uh, this, this particular uh, area. Uh, but that application, that technology, which is so essential to operate this kind of uh, distributed uh, workforce in, in this kind of scenario or use case of virtual call center, if that's hosted only in one single place and that software does not have resiliency built into it, you know maybe they're in the cloud, but what if they're only in one geographical zone in the cloud? We do know that you know public clouds um, are uh, they're not like uh, they they're fallible. They actually can go down. And if you're there only in one of their sites, then you are not resilient. That software is not resilient. So if I was a buyer of that software, you know, let's say I am, a, a you know, an executive in a company who is trying to buy a, a virtual call center application, it behooves me to ask, not just assume that, oh, it's in the cloud, so it must be resilient. It behooves me to ask, okay, what is your resiliency posture? What is the SLA from an availability that you can give me? You know, even if, you know, you have like say four nine availability. I'm so dependent on you. If you go down, how fast can you re- uh, recover? You know, is it in seconds or is it in minutes or hours? Um, and therefore, there are so many virtual call center companies out there. It becomes a competitive advantage for them. You know, to to say that they have that kind of resiliency. And if they don't, you know, it'll be tough for them to compete. And uh, let me tell you, there are companies that don't have that resiliency in their platform. Uh, And yet, you know, uh, uh, they are selling. And that's because a lot of the buyers don't know to ask that question. They make the assumption that if you're in the cloud, you must be resilient, which is pretty much the wrong assumption.
0: Right, so it sounds like there's some opportunity from a competitive advantage standpoint. Um, but as business resilience becomes more important for businesses, how is it complicating relationships within the organization? Are, are you seeing anything there?
1: I would say it's, it's complicated. Um, if you want to make it complicated, uh, I, I think it all starts with understanding, uh, what does your organization stand for? Right? Um, uh, what is the model of your organization? What is your USP to your customer base, right? And then aligning everything to that, right? Um, if I go and ask uh, the IT group of a company, uh, you know, so what? how many units of recovery do you have? Like, if you want to recover all of your environments, all of your applications, how many such units do you have to recover? They might tell me a number like, oh, I have to recover 113 applications. Right now, if I go and ask the business, uh, how many different business processes do you guys have? You know, they might tell me, "Well, we have a total of ten or thirteen business processes." And then the question would be, which one of those ten or thirteen are important, uh, are aligned to you meeting your commitments, your USP, your value that you deliver to your customer base? That number might be actually lesser than even thirteen. It's it's understanding this that is the most important thing. right? How do you connect the dots between the nuts and bolts of IT up to the layers, that means that I'm talking about the infrastructure, the servers, the data center sites, the network, the storage, to the application service layer, then from there to the business processes, and then from the business process to the critical functions, the business critical processes, business critical functions that drives the valuation of the company in front of their end users. Understanding that is probably the most complex thing, right? And But, you know, it's not complicated uh, once you get started and you go through it, and then we have assisted many customers in, in doing that. But that's where if you don't have that understanding, then it becomes something uh, uh, overwhelming. You don't know where to start with. Uh, and then when you add to this data, you know, it's not just about business processes and applications when you're thinking about cyber, it's about the data. How do you protect your data from undergoing a ransomware attack? It takes a slightly different twist to it. Um, because vital datas, uh, vital data assets could be different than what you, through your business impact analysis, determined to be the critical business functions. Um, so linking and joining these dots is, is what's complicated. And the other thing that has complicated the situation is is actually the adoption of cloud. You know, uh, previously there was a time where a company's IT used to be run in one or two physical data centers. Um, And that was it, you know, everything was housed in those two physical data centers. Now with, with the adoption of cloud, customers are not only having their own physical locations, sometimes that's required. They have probably multiple cloud providers you know, like, you know, it's, it's not uncommon for us to see customers uh, buying into AWS and Azure or Azure and GCP for different functions. And then you have SaaS, you know, software as a service. So essentially what is happening on the technology side, your endpoints or points of failure, points of dependency have grown up. So that's where that, the, of, the complications around mapping out uh, the blueprint of IT um, ha, has increased, has grown. Um but you got to get started. If you don't get started thinking, you know, I'm just overwhelmed with where to get started with, then then it's a problem. Um uh, I think that's kind of where uh I would say the the things have become complicated. It's it shouldn't be as much about the relationships within the organization. Uh, to me, there should be a business risk office uh that should work hand in hand with IT risk, IT disaster recovery, the structure has been there for many, time, for many years now. Some companies have done it right in that sense. Uh, it, it's more about understanding the relationships between the processes, between the functions, between the data assets, uh, between your suppliers and providers. You know that's, the, that's where the complication uh, lays.
0: Yeah, and it really ties into really the main crux of the report: the future of business resilience is shared accountability across um, those different business units. Can you talk a little bit about um, how, a little bit more about how these departments can work together that are sort of traditionally siloed to to really get towards that common goal?
1: Yeah, so I kind of uh, blend into that in my previous answer, but yes. Uh, so obviously, CIO can no longer. Uh, be held completely accountable for business resiliency, mm-hmm. um, and I, I hate to say no longer. I don't think CIOs could have ever been held solely accountable for this. Uh, but now more than ever, uh, I think uh, the pandemic and 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 uh, ransomware attacks, cyber attacks, have shown us that it's a joint responsibility. So there needs to be, you know, this needs to be a priority at the board level, and that's what we are seeing. Uh, that it is something that is being asked uh, more and more in board meetings uh, where, you know, members or uh, directors of the board are asking, so are we resilient from cyber attacks or how are we resilient from cyber attacks? And and actually, when it comes to things like cyber, it's, it's not a matter of can you guarantee that I'll never be attacked? No, it's not that. Nobody can guarantee that. But if we do get attacked, Uh, do you have a plan on getting us back into operation as fast as possible, right? So so these have have started to become um, boardroom topics of discussion, uh, and therefore it's not just a CIO responsibility. It's a responsibility that has to be shared between the CFO, the CIO, the the chief accounting office, the business functional heads that might be there. Um, Everybody needs to designate. You know uh, somebody from their group uh, that can work together in a in a matrix way to uh, to address this problem. It can always be run out of or or driven out of the business risk office, uh, which sometimes we see is uh, part of uh, the legal department. Um, sometimes there is uh, the the security. The it's not just information security. The business security and risk office is a separate department. Compliance could be. Uh, a separate department that runs this, but it has to be a joint responsibility from all the departments.
0: That makes a lot of sense and really great advice and insight, Kashik. The growing importance of business resilience means it can no longer fall squarely on the shoulders of your IT department. It must be factored into all business decisions. The future of business resilience requires C-suite executives to work together and share accountability with an eye toward the needs of their end users and customers. Organizations that take this approach will have a competitive advantage over their counterparts while being able to maintain brand reputation and deliver value even in a disaster. Kaushik, thank you so much for joining the show today.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Kaushik Ray is Senior Vice President and General Manager Recovery Services at SunGuard AS. You can find the show notes for this episode at sungardas.com slash now. Please subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice to get new episodes as soon as they're available. IT Availability Now is a production of Sungard Availability Services. I'm your guest host, Allison Brooker, and until next time, stay available.